Hey, beautiful being, Yuval here, and this is Emergent Wisdom, where we explore current events and the challenges of the human experience through the lens of ecology and relatable mysticism to bring about the internal and external liberation of all people, ecosystems, beings, and land. This is not a podcast, and I'm not your guru. This is but a mutually transformative experiment of our aliveness, imagination, and revolutionary love for all there is. You and I and the rest of us coming together to feel, to play, and to imagine as an offering of devotion at the altar of creation. If you benefit, enjoy, and love this work, please consider supporting this project on Patreon at patreon.com slash emergentwisdom. Besides the pure joy of making this project possible, helping me improve it consistently and collaborating with epic artists and musicians, you'll enjoy a number of benefits, such as a monthly study group with me, in which we explore in more depth the topics and themes of this podcast, early access to some episodes, and access to full interviews with podcast guests. You can support me with as little as $5 per month. Thank you for taking care of me. I thought that for the first episode of this project, we should start with laying the foundations of what is emergent wisdom, as well as its relevance to this time and to each of us. I started working on this episode before the horrible events of October 7th and the Gazan genocide that's been ongoing since. As a Jewish person who grew up in Israel and has been forced to serve in the Israeli occupation forces, this one is very close to my heart and has fundamentally changed me as a human over the past few months, as I believe it did many of us. I'm already working on a few episodes in the near future dedicated to the exploration of this issue and Palestinian liberation as a whole from an ecological perspective. But for now, I believe that you'll find that the following episode and all the topics we cover in this podcast are strongly intertwined and related to all movements of liberation and a deeper understanding of the human condition. Are you feeling it too? The heart that's breaking over and over again by what's happening in the world? How does it feel in your body? Let's take a deep breath together and be with the sensations of the moment. There is no doubt that we are living through an extremely unique and often frightening period in which we get to have front seats to witnessing our natural ecosystems collapsing rapidly as we approach an imminent mass extinction event, whole nations devolving into right-wing and fascist regimes, several genocides taking place simultaneously, all while meeting our basic needs becomes harder and more expensive by the day. And yet, the wheels of modernity we grew so dependent on keep on turning. Almost all of us feel to some degree, the weight of late-stage capitalism and the inevitable results of our collective and systemic chase for more. Trying to make sense of this devastating reality often feels like running from something scary in a dream, only to find out we are running while standing in place, unable to move forward 
as the monster closes in on us. Almost every single man-made school of thought, philosophical perspective, geoengineering technology, or societal structure we turn to, to try and find solution and make sense of things, falls short in the face of this increasingly more complex, nuanced, and multidimensional existential risk we are all facing. Some of us gravitate towards spiritual or religious perspectives to try and find solace only to find out that most religious systems feel deeply outdated as far as helping us navigate our current challenges go. And let's not talk about the level of delusional detachment from the human condition, suffering and privilege so prevalent in the more secular so-called New Age spiritual scene. Others turn to available Western therapeutic modalities like psychotherapy or talk therapy hoping it will help cope with our experience and help us adjust to this increasingly strange environment we find ourselves in. We will have a full episode or a few on all that's deeply lacking in Western models of therapy and how and why exactly they are failing us. But for now, I'll leave you with a powerful quote by Krishnamurti that sums it up pretty well. It is no measure of health to be well-adjusted to a profoundly sick society. Personally, and if you find your way here, I imagine you feel me on this one, I find the flatland of materialism to greatly disappoint as far as making sense and meaning in this reality, as it only emphasizes the measurable, objective and observable while completely ignoring the inner, subjective and mysterious in the human experience. There is always, of course, the option of avoidance, attempting to escape, suppress, and numb uncomfortable feelings with cheap nihilism, endless scrolling, or worse, substances and alcohol. Needless to say, though, these are not the healthiest, most beneficial avenues individually and collectively. Daniel Schmertenberger and other thinkers, such as author and activist Terry Patton, speak about what can be called the meta-crisis, the metacrisis is a single phenomenon, writes Patton. We may be thinking of it as an ecological crisis. We may be thinking of it as a psychological or spiritual crisis. We may be thinking of it as a cultural crisis and a breakdown of community, family, etc. We may be thinking of it as a crisis of government, economics, and finances. And it is all of these things, but it's not reducible to any of them. That's why it's called metacrisis. End quote. I would add that this multifrontal metacrisis at its core, as I see it, is that we have collectively forgotten who we are in relation to the world. It is in these times, and often out of sheer exhaustion and a heart that's completely and utterly broken, that some of us are starting to feel a deeper calling, a voice from the void of the great darkness singing an ancient, forgotten idea whose time has come, calling us to find our way back home, to the very ecology we emerged from, to the infinite intelligence that brought us and everything else into being, a remembrance of a profound existential wisdom that permeates the soil of our very bodies. There, we hear the sound that sang the very evolutionary unfolding we are part of into existence and is desperately needed now more than ever. An ecological approach to all of our systems of thought. 
that is as old as the cosmos itself, the type of wisdom we don't need any intermediaries to experience firsthand. One that anyone can relate to regardless of political affiliation, beliefs, values and inclinations. The type of wisdom that plugs us back into the earth we came from and can walk us hand in hand and help us navigate the grave existential challenges we are facing. An emergent wisdom. In the rest of this episode, I will attempt to explore the most central observable truth of emergent wisdom and the return to ecological thinking. That truth, like all ultimate truths, is simple, almost painfully obvious once understood and experienced. And like all ultimate truths, each of us has a unique way of finding it, feeling it, and later integrating it into our lives. Most importantly, all living beings can directly experience this primordial truth without mediation. The core foundation of emergent wisdom is that everything in existence is interconnected. This cosmos, in all of its infinite complexity, is not a collection of separated, individuated elements, but a web of mutually transformative relationships, constantly engaging in an endless exchange of energy, light, sound, life, and entropy. Nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing, no matter how hard you look for it, has a center in which it exists separately from everything else. Everything, from atomic subparticles to carbon-based life forms, is entirely and completely dependent on its environment, entirely emergent out of an ecology of evolutionary aliveness and entirely necessary for the health and enlivenment of the biodiversity of the whole. And realizing that, how can we not have our heart break when entire ecosystems collapse? We are, after all, an inseparable and entirely reliant expression of these networks of life. How can we not feel the collective pain if we are all intimately intertwined. Perhaps the pain that you are feeling right now is not only yours. Isn't that self-evident? There's a lot that can be said and will be said here in these podcasts on this point of understanding. But to me, probably the most aesthetically beautiful thing about it is how, no matter which lens you choose to observe the world through, everything will always lead you right here to this observable conclusion. Whether you choose the lens of spiritual wisdom traditions or mystical paths, the concept of the non-dual nature of reality is always at the core of things. If you choose any scientific observation 
or study of any of the universe's ecosystems, from physics through chemistry to biology, everything will always point out to the direction of how everything is more connected than it seems and than we initially thought. Let's pause and think about it for a moment. Isn't that wildly beautiful? Something equally profound as it is obvious and what truly transformed my own life and moved me to start this project is that as we observe this intimately interconnected dance of ecological aliveness, certain patterns and principles start emerging like mushrooms in a lush forest after the rain. When we observe the very ecosystems we emerged from, not as separated individuals living on it, but rather as more of a great womb that gave birth to us and everything else through a magnificent laborious process of playful evolutionary aliveness, the very way in which we experience and move through life changes fundamentally. What if we use the greater patterns of nature as a compass to determine and discern authentic wisdom from falsehood, both individually to navigate our human experience, as well as collectively to help us imagine a new paradigm of liberation in which we can all thrive. Perhaps these universal principles can help us navigate some of the impossible challenges we are currently facing, help us live, love and die in peace after giving everything we had as a joyful participation in the evolutionary story. This, this eternal and omnipresent current of creative impulse and wisdom is flowing through your body and through the collective body and mind at all times. It's just a matter of reconnecting with it and restructuring our world in a way that prioritizes this connection. I invite you to close your eyes with me for a moment. Fill in your lungs with a fresh and enlivening breath of life. Exhale and allow your body to soften, to open to this moment and all of its sensations. What can you notice? What are you feeling? What subtle sensations pulsate in your body right now? Can you simply feel them without their associated stories, labels and words? How is the mood of your heart? Can you feel the evolutionary aliveness expressed in your body? The billions and billions of years of unfolding successful and unsuccessful bonds and relationships that had resulted in you here feeling this? Can you feel the stardust you were molded from? The atoms, cells, molecules, metals, minerals and bacteria that had been arranged meticulously by the universe to make for your body? Can you feel the prehistoric fins of the fish you once were? The reptilian that your spine evolved from? Can you feel the joy and pain, the digested and undigested emotional experiences of your ancestors? that make for the particular nervous system configuration you embody now? And if here, now, you breathe it all in and simply be.
notice and open to the full range of the field of feeling and sensing. Can you hear the calling now? Is the void speaking to you? What is she saying? Whatever it is we are going to learn and hear in that calling, this sound of the ecology we emerge from is and always will be a work in progress, just like the evolutionary process itself. These are nuggets of wisdom that are just as complex, wild, and artistically open for interpretation as the very nature they emerged from. Perhaps we found the first principle here. Nevertheless, I deeply feel that these principles can help us navigate the increasingly more complex and nuanced individual and collective challenges of our time, from environmental, political, and monetary, to dealing with the big questions of our human experience, such as our mortality, feelings, and work. Almost every single ancient and native human culture that existed before the monoculture of imperial colonialism monotheism and individualistic modernity had some form of this embodied ecological and collective thinking at its core. This is not to glorify how things used to be. There is no doubt we achieved some great things along the way as a species. But maybe, just maybe, in our marathon to infinite growth and immortality, we also forgot some important existential wisdom along the way, namely, our connection to where we came from and what we truly are. This disconnect is everywhere in our very language. Look at how we say, let's go to nature, as if it's possible for us to be anything other than nature itself, as if being with nature is yet another pastime activity we can consume. How we say, save the environment, as if the environment is not what we are as if we can exist without it, as if there's any difference between saving the environment and saving ourselves. Perhaps there are things to learn about how to live life, do work, make love, be in relationships, approach death, and structure society that requires a more direct link to the web of evolutionary relationality we are made of. Maybe we are not meant to figure it all out alone. Maybe to collectively move towards much-needed environmental, societal, monetary, and political liberation, we need to invite the very forces of nature to help us on this journey. And if indeed it's all miraculously and intimately interconnected, then it naturally follows that there is nothing, no sensation, feeling, or experience, be it positive or negative, comfortable or uncomfortable, to shy away from, 
or resist, as they are all currents of aliveness meant to be fully digested so their wisdom can be unlocked. Who will you become when you are open to feeling it all? What will the forest sing about the natural cycle of death and rebirth, eating and being eaten, life and entropy? What will the trees hum on how to be patient and caring, on creating nourishing communities of mutual care? What will the earth tell us about groundedness, about giving and receiving, about honoring what came before us and a remembrance of where we are going? What will the erotic dance of elements trying to connect with each other in order to produce new forms of life show us about the importance of playfulness and vulnerability in our own human relationships? Can you hear it? Can you feel it? Can we learn anything from a meadow's biodiversity that can help us navigate social challenges or how to honor each other's differences and uniqueness? What happens if, when we are faced with geopolitical conflict over land, instead of argue over historical context, which is important, we go and listen to her so she can tell us clearly what nation is native and most connected to her. If we, you, me, and everything and everyone are intimately interconnected in one big web of mutually transformative relationships, if no one and nothing exists separately from the flow of the world, will it be that wild and far out to assume that this very world should be our guide on how to navigate it gracefully? Can you hear the call? Are you listening with your whole body? What will this primordial remembrance change in the way you are moving through life? In the way you touch and are touched by people, events and reality around you? What will it shift in your worldview, in your politics, in the way you relate to and navigate your feelings and emotions? Do you think this would touch the way you get in and out of intimate relationships, make love and have sex? You don't have to have an immediate answer right now. Do you remember the trees? How patient they are? How did it take billions and billions of years for you to emerge? Just listen and let it sit with you. See what happens. What inspiration and creative impulses does it invoke in you? What patterns can you recognize in the unfolding nature and what wisdom do they whisper to you?
I'm not approaching you here as a teacher or some type of authority. Like you, I'm a simple human who lives in an increasingly complex world, trying to make sense of my reality. These are all simple inspirations that come from doing my best to be as much of the human I am as I possibly can. To feel and to embrace the full range of this precious human experience. To feel the suffering of all who are hungry and oppressed. To honor and listen to my elders, teachers, guides and ancestors. And to follow the intuitive inner voice that exists in me. I encourage and invite you to judge this work through your own direct experience. Never to take me or what I am saying at face value. And to discern what feels and resonates true in your own being. To use your own unique human experiences and ability to observe the world around you to determine what to take and what to live. It is also vitally important that we do not remain in the realm of beautiful amorphic ideas but strive to make a sincere effort to integrate and embody what we discover here into a living experience and revolutionary action in the world, each in our own way. Much remains to be explored here together. But one way I want to invite you to embody and integrate what we started touching here today is by sitting with it for a bit and letting it marinate softly. Take some time each day to remember who you really are, where you come from and where you are going. And use your daily interactions as doorways that take you back again and again to this remembrance. If you can, Repeat this simple practice of sitting with a slow, deep and elongated breath with a soft body and just feeling subtle sensations without giving too much weight to labels, words and stories. If you have an altar in your home, maybe sit by it. If not, that's okay. Find your own way of doing it and be creative about it. This is your practice and path, after all. We will continue to playfully and poetically explore the principles of emergent wisdom in more depth together in the coming episodes. But for now, I want to leave you with this. Your body is not yours. This life is not yours. It is an emergent phenomenon of experience, deeply and intimately intertwined with everything and everyone that came before you as well as everything and everyone that will come after you. May we make our lives an offering of love and devotion on the altar of creation.
Thank you for listening. This episode is a collaboration with the incredibly talented and deeply connected vocal oracle and my partner in love, Kristen Myers, or Creatress, whose music, wisdom, and wide open heart you've been touched by throughout this episode. If you loved and were moved by what we have created here, and you want to make it possible for us to make more of it and consistently improve the quality and production value, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash emergent wisdom. Thank you for your presence and see you in the next one. Much love.